Hey everybody, this is Brad Williams and I am the pastor of B4 Church. Welcome to our podcast. My prayer is that this would help you behold God, that you would see him for who he is, that you would belong to community, that you would be everything that you were created to be, and that you would be able to dream beyond the limitations in your life. So I hope you enjoy this teaching and we look forward to seeing you in person soon. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the B4 podcast. My name is Alex, and I'm one of the pastors here. And I'm Ashley, and I'm on the adult ministries team. And my name is Steve. I'm one of the directors here. Well, hey, Steve. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, um, welcome. Really, really pumped that you are here. For all of you listening uh, that don't know Steve Mitchell, you are missing out big time. Seriously. No, that's really nice. <laughs> well, it's, but it's very true. Um, all the feels. Yeah, right? <laughs> We're really happy that you're here, and if you um, haven't had a chance to meet Steve, Steve is one of the directors here on staff, and uh, he spends a lot of time helping us develop and write materials, curriculum, messages, how to think um, well and theological, and he's an incredible pastor. And so we've invited him, him here today to help us understand our third B in our series um, that is paralleling our All Things New series, and today the third B is actually... B. 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 Which right. is not confusing at all. No. No, not <laughs> at all. Which is part, speaking of that, actually, that's actually part of the reason why we do this podcast <laughs> is because if it is confusing on any way, shape, or form, we want to kind of flush it out and get really practical about it. So, Steve, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So, hey. Um, See what I did there? Right. <laughs> glad you're here. Um, a lot of bee puns coming. Right there. You can just feel them, can't you? <laughs> yeah, if Steve just starts buzzing like a bee, you know. <laughs> well, hey, we want to get um, more practical about what it means to be um, as a human being. Obviously, Pastor Brad just did a message on this, and it was very good, and we're very excited about this whole series. Um, but now, as we get more practical about it, I, I guess because you were there, Steve, in the very early days when we started processing some of this, um, I, I, my question for you is, how did we even come up with this in the first place? How did divine we, B for us. Right. Yeah, the divine B. I think for, um, for anybody, whether you follow Jesus or not, one of the most important things is who you believe yourself to be in yourself, That's your right. sense of identity, because what flows from that is things like meaning and purpose. Um, there is real meaning behind a phrase like, I am a father. Yeah. Or I am a parent, or I am a mother, or I am a son, or I am a salesperson. So we make these statements of identity about ourselves, and they actually point to who we believe ourselves to be. And part of the reason we added that to the four Bs is because God has something to say about that. Mm. And, and so we're looking at this guy and this gal, Abraham and Sarah, or Abram and Sarai. We're following their stories to kind of help us grasp these ideas and i'm i guess i'm curious when it comes to this picture this idea this concept of identity um how are we connecting the dots to their stories well uh, as in the last message there's a name change that happens in the scriptures um when you're following abram's story there's a point in the story where god breaks in and says i'm going to change your name and the reason he says he's going to change Abraham's name and the reason he says he's going to change Sarah's name is because it's a statement of who they are so you have a guy who is called Abram exalted father and Ashley you pointed that out there's mm. there's some iron irony in that because mm-hmm. he's childish yeah childish no childless, childless. thank you <laughs> he probably was a little childish at points Perhaps. Too, exactly but, yeah. yeah 
and um, and God comes along and says, now your name's going to be Abraham. Yeah. You're not going to be exalted father. You're going to be the father of a multitude. Mm. And so he actually makes a statement of reality about this guy's being. And that name points to that. Yeah. And I feel like when we were talking about this earlier before we started ruling of just the name probably carried a little bit of shame for him that I'm, sure. I have this name, but I'm childless, not childish. Um, and so God redeems that mm-hmm. by making sure he has a child, but also makes future promises about that. And the same thing for Sarah. And I feel like I've seen that in my own life, at least of God taking the things that I was most ashamed of mm-hmm. and redeeming mm-hmm. them and making them some of the most beautiful parts of my life. And I, I just think that's how God works. Yeah. That's exactly how he works. In fact, when he reiterates that promise in chapter 17, and changes his name, one of Abraham's concerns is for his son Ishmael. Mm-hmm. And God sure. says, I, I, I've got this. I remember him. I know him. I'm going to take care of him. And I think that's, Ishmael is just Abraham trying to grab a hold of whose God's made him to be without right. God involved. Mm-hmm. Right. So God makes him this promise, I'm going to give you a son, and I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And it doesn't happen for a really long time. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's where the shame comes from. Like, I'm hanging on to this promise. I'm believing this right. this God that nobody else knows, and I'm looking pretty stupid right now. So I'm going to try to make this happen my own way. Yeah. And the result is a, a son. Yes. Who isn't the one that God promised him and isn't part of that promise. And yet mm-hmm. God says, I'm going to redeem that. Yeah. That part of your life the, where you try to k- take control and make happen what should what I should make happen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redeem that. I'm going to make that yeah. a part of your story. So the worst mistake, God turns around. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So I was thinking as you were talking, um, the first time we meet Abram is in Genesis 12 and Sarai. How old do you think they were? Really? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. But it's hard to say. But, okay, maybe that's not the right question. By the time their name has changed, how long has gone by? Oh, decades. Decades. Yeah. So they're, it's not like, it, it, it's funny, you can sit down and you can read these 13 chapters. Right, in like a they happened in 13 hours or, or something. Or a matter yeah. of minutes, right. really. Right. And, and for us, like we have all these clues where it's like God was testing Abraham and this is what's going to happen. And we find out in a very short time, but we're talking about decades of a man's yeah. life. Yeah. We're talking about somebody who was asked to leave everything he knew and everything he ever had. Right. Go someplace he didn't really know anything about where he was a foreigner and believe this God who broke into his life that here's what you're going to be. Yeah. Like you were this, but this is what you're yeah. going to be now. And that is, I think, fundamental to this whole concept uh, about identity mm-hmm. is that God is declaring our identity. Um, Ashley, you said it earlier, and I think it was really good. Um, God has this way of seeing us exactly where we are right now, but also who we are going to be. Mm -hmm. And that's the story of Abraham. God encounters him in Genesis chapter 12 and says, hey, I've got this amazing plan to redeem the entire broken world, and you're a part of it, man. Like, you have a role to play in all of this. I'm going to use you, and I'm going to do great things through you. And then, like, decades go by, and he never actually gets to experience that. And so part of, like, living into and up to this identity that God has for him is a process. Mm -hmm. It's a journey. And when I read his story over however many chapters, it's a gut-wrenching story at times. 
So like, I guess, talk to me about this process and this idea, this reality of living into the identity God has for you. Because in some ways it sounds like, oh, that'll be great. God says I'm this and therefore I wake up the next morning and I'm doing great. Yeah, it's kind of looking at history is kind of terrifying, depressing <laughs> and encouraging all at the same time. That Like, wow, this took a really long time, but also, ooh, that took a really long time. <laughs> it does. Yeah. And I think some of the reason I believe Abram was able to hang on to that promise is because of the one who promised him. Mm-hmm. So I walk up to a random person on the street and they say, I promise I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I don't know them. But if you or Alex said, hey, I'm, I promise I'm going to do this, like, there's character there. Like, sure. I know who you are. And, and m- the, the ability I have as a, as a person to hang on to that promise and have faith in it is directly resulted to knowing who you are. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what sustains um, Abram or Abraham through this course. Um, yeah, you called me a, a good pastor earlier, and I appreciate that. Yeah. But that started out in a very weird place. <laughs> I was a creative director for an ad agency and got laid off. <laughs> and it was like, so, right. and, and I can imagine listeners right now going, well, what the heck happened? Right. <laughs> How did you get right. from A to B? But again, it was a decades-long journey. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was God setting me up as a freelancer. And I had more time in my schedule all of a sudden and started teaching sixth grade kids as a volunteer and they were asking great questions and then it's like i have no idea what the answers are so i better go figure this out and maybe i'll go to seminary there's an idea and my wife's saying absolutely not that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) And and then god's speaking to her and her going yeah okay i think god's in this but there were these really bizarre series of events that almost seemed disconnected sure Mm -hmm. and we can sometimes read the scriptures like that we can we can fly over these things and go what does this have to do with that yeah but we're seeing decades of a man's life condensed into a few pages Mm -hmm. and when you say something like that it's it sometimes brushes god aside right because he just seems to fly into the picture Mm -hmm. but when you live through something like that right when you've actually spent a couple of decades to go from well, I would describe myself as this, but now God's made me into that. And how did that happen? Oh, it happened in all these tiny little steps. Wow. Yeah, and I think it's encouraging to see Abraham's story that he has some of the highest highs of like, this is a moment that he's like super like following God. He's doing a great job. And then in the next chapter, he's lying about his wife being his sister. And so we've talked about this in a couple of other of these episodes of his journey looks more like a roller coaster than like an upward graph that has no variation in that it's and in and I've seen that in my own life and in the lives of others too is that it's not like God took you from you know freelancer to pastor and that was just like whoop and it was super easy Mm -hmm. there I'm sure there are moments in there where oh my gosh I feel like I'm doing exactly the wrong thing like okay this is where I should be oh wait no that didn't work out and like it's this complicated journey. It's not a. It's not smooth sailing. It is mm-hmm. an actual arduous journey, yeah, no matter what you're doing. There's a story from that whole time that illustrates that. It, um, I, I mean, I lost a bunch of clients at one point. There was a bad recession in the early 2000s, and um, I was literally sitting there talking to God going, I don't think I can afford this tuition. I think our family needs this money, and I don't think we can mm-hmm. do this. And we sit down on a Christmas morning, and my Christmas present is an envelope. And in there, my daughters had done, like, odd jobs and babysitting, and my wife had wow. taught some privates. And there was a $5 bill and a $10 bill and three ones and a 20 And there was my tuition in there. And they wow. 
handed that to me and they said, we, we believe in what God's doing in your wow. life and we want to see you stay in school. And so you have those highs and lows. You have those moments where you're just despairing and you're going, how is this ever going to work out? Right. Mm-hmm. And then God shows up. And oftentimes it's less supernatural than that sounds. Yeah. And it's more like your kids working on jobs to help you stay in school. Yeah. You know, this conversation is super interesting because like we have connected already this sort of destiny, purpose, calling of your existence um, or Abraham and Sarah's existence. But on an even deeper level, when we talk about identity, there's something fundamental, fun, fundamental, excuse me, <laughs> about being a human being. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think like our identity is first and foremost found in that most fundamental place, which is you're made in the image of God. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. a human being crafted by the creator of the universe and you carry for lack of a better term, divine attributes. Like mm-hmm. there is that you are an angled mirror to the world of what and who God is like. And as you live into that, there are things like you will be a father to a great nation. Mm-hmm. You will be a pastor, right? There are these things we do, but those are, it can be really easy to find our identity wrapped in the stuff that we do. Yeah. And I think one of the cool things about this story with Abraham and Sarah is that it could be really easy for them to like wrap their whole purpose and identity into, well, God said, I'm going to be a great nation and I'm going to change the world. But I think, and I could, I mean, feel free to disagree with me. I think the deeper work that happened in all of that was Abraham understanding that he was deeply loved by God, Mm -hmm. cared for by God, provided for by God. No matter what happened, even when he had to be tested to sacrifice his own son, he believed that God was for him. And that changed his life. But that had to happen over decades of his life. Mm -hmm. And that journey is challenging. It's super difficult. Um, I liken it to like one day I said, I do, and I was a husband. (laughs) And you know, that's great. That was the title now pronounced over me, but I had no idea <laughs> what I was doing and Fallon can testify to that, yeah. right? And I have spent every day of my life living up to what was already true of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think when we talk about being that idea that Jesus has said this about us and now we are spending every day of our life living up to who he mm-hmm. has already told us we are. And I think what's interesting about what you said is that's a uniquely Christian idea. Correct. The, the sense that there's a creator God who loves us and cares about us, both as a, a humanity, but also as individuals. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is, is people go about and live their daily lives as, as if they're a salesperson and they have to hit a quota or they run a manufacturing plant and they have to produce a certain number of widgets. Their identity gets wrapped up into those transactions. So I begin to perceive myself as a great sales manager or a great plant manager. And this idea of a God somewhere who created me, who loves me and has a purpose for my life can begin to feel really distant. Sure. Mm -hmm. Well, and I would say, too, that can also be kind of a negative thing. If I can feel like I am defined by mistakes that I have made, 
Um, so we can either yeah. find our identity in the good things that we have done, or we can go to the opposite end of the pendulum and say, I am defined by the worst moments of my life. And I think the lovely thing about the gospel is that it gives us hope for both. And it mm. reminds us on both sides of the pendulum that like, if we're defining ourselves by the good that we have done, oh, hey, by the way, you're also like a sinner. And that's not where you should find your worth. You find your worth in what Alex was saying, in the fact that you're loved by God, that you yeah. have the divine within you. Yeah. And that's very like new agent but you know what i meant right um and you know on the other side of the pendulum if you find yourself like perhaps like abraham trapped in shame or guilt or something the gospel reminds me like no you are so much more than that you are this person that is loved by god you do have the goodness of god within you Mm -hmm. and i just that piece of it i just love yeah Yeah. i think that's the good news right yeah i think every person on the face of the planet looks for something to identify themselves with whether it's an accomplishment, a relationship, could even be a failure. And I think what the gospel, which means good news, tells us is that there is a part of you that has been given by God that no one can take away. Yeah, yeah. it reframes that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's what it does is it counterbalances, as you were talking about a creator God who loves us yeah. and, and wants to give us being and meaning and purpose in our lives. Right. I just, that's when I began to think about the difference between human being and human doing. Sure. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we experience outside of a, say a Christian view of things is human doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you're, you're being because you do. Right. And God says, no, you have value and I love you and yeah. have worth simply because you yeah. are. And that's, that's where grace comes in. Yeah. yeah. Because we can't give anything back to God. Like if if we're working together, the three of us are working together, we can each bring some capacity or attribute to a shared process or sure. a shared project. But you can't do that with God. There's nothing that you can give him that doesn't already find its source in him. Mm-hmm. So when he receives you, when you approach him as a child and you're confident that he's going to s- turn and smile at you when you come towards him, sure, that's grace. And and I think it's especially poignant when you're in those low points, mm-hmm. when you when you do feel shame or you do feel like I'm just not good enough. That's when God smiling at you lights yeah. up, and that's why B is so strongly related to to behold. Hmm. Like in that renaming ceremony in chapter 17, God starts out by making a statement of of identity about Himself. He says, right. "I'm God Almighty." And what he's doing is he's reminding Abraham, look, I've been promising this to you for a long time. Yeah. I've been telling you for a long time who you are and what your life is going to mean. And you really haven't seen any of it. And I get that. Yeah. And so I'm going to make a statement about who I am, right. what my mm-hmm. being is, so that you can have renewed confidence that I am going to bring this to pass. Yeah, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, um, I was thinking about why this one connects with me so much on a personal level. And I think it's because, well, for a lot of reasons, but um, in particular, our culture by by lo- at large is telling us that our value and our worth is found in something either that we have externally accomplished or by somehow we have crafted in our body in a certain look or a mm-hmm. certain fashion or whatever it would be. And um, connected to that also is this undercurrent of shame that is almost everywhere because everybody feels like if they can't live up to the ideal idealized identity in our culture then there's something wrong with them 
And I know that I, I struggled with it. I, I myself, it's part of my own journey, my own story with Jesus. And this was like such a turning point for me when I understood that no matter what I tried to do, strived for, or accomplished, it would never be good enough. Mm-hmm. It would never be good enough for that pit inside of my soul. Mm-hmm. And it would never be good enough for everybody else out there, which actually led me kind of to a point of despair. If I'm going to be honest with you, because <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. like, and, and I think a lot of people get there, they get to the end of their road or whatever they accomplish. It became a professional in that field or, and it was empty. Yeah. Right. It was, it was, it was done. It's in that place where you find something that cannot be taken from you. Mm that only God can give to you, that you realize, okay, this is freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a line in the New Testament, and it's my absolute favorite verse in the Bible. Well, maybe not, but it is right now. <laughs> right? I don't even know how you qualify a favorite verse, but Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth, um, and he tells them, he lists all these like issues of identity, sin, mistakes, thieves, liars, drunkards, all those things. Um, and he looks at them, I'm imagining, And he says, but that is who you were, past tense. Mm -hmm. But you have been washed, you've been sanctified, you've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. And when I read that, I'm just reminded that any mistake that I have made, any mistake anyone who is listening to this has made, and you wrap your whole identity around it, hear the words of Paul, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that is who you were but you have been made something different and new. And that's, I think, the in, if you were to encapsulate this whole idea and how it impacts our life right now, that's what I would say. Yeah, that's well said. I, I think we're always shaped by our greatest loves. And if you really believe at the core of your being that um, God loves you, that's a that's yeah. a hugely powerful thing in your life, and it helps yeah. shape who you are. I. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at you, and I know Fallon, and I, yeah. I imagine there was a there was a moment when you saw her look at you, and you realized this this woman loves me. Yeah. She knows me, and she loves me. And and the experience was probably the same for her. And it doesn't matter whether it's a spouse or a parent or a coach or a teacher. When you see yourself and your identity and who you are in your essential being reflected in the face of another, and that yeah. face is smiling and those eyes are shining. Right. That's life-changing. Right, right. And I think we get a little taste of that in our everyday lives. Yeah. And we long for that. And sometimes it even makes us feel like a poser because we feel like we're, <laughs> n- we're not worthy of it. Sure. But all the time, God is inviting us and saying, yeah. that's the way I look at you. Yeah. And once we find the ground of our being in that relationship, everything changes. Everything looks that's different. So good. That's so good. I think the unconditional love piece kind of encapsulates the B is because we're unconditionally loved, because we have God's grace, we can be, like we said earlier, that God looks at who we are, but he sees who we're going to be. So he has this all-encapsulating love for us. But that also gives us the freedom that we know that even when we make the wrong decision, even when we're very far from God, that he still has good things in mind for us. And there's never any path that we can take that is too far removed from where he's at. And that's the piece that I like about yeah. about the B of B. And then we get to share that with each other. Yeah. Because it's not just us and God. It's us and God and each other. Yeah. yeah. And as we talked about last week, the B and belong really tie in together because we can't truly have that community unless we have the grace for each other that God has for us right. from the B part. Mm-hmm. So. 
That's so good. And uh, practically speaking, you know, um, if we hit on this earlier, uh, some of us have an orientation to like doing. What are we going to do now? Mm -hmm. What's the next step? And it's really interesting because this whole idea flies in the face of that question in some ways because we aren't human doings. We are human beings. It's okay to be, to exist without accomplishing something, doing something, setting out to um, make a difference or any of those things. It's okay to be. Yet, however, there is a doing nature to this term. Mm -hmm. There is something that we do in response to our identity. And maybe that's a practical place we can end this episode. Yeah, I think um, I, th from my perspective, it's when, when your gaze turns outward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about being in a practical sense, I think, who do I need to be to my kids or to my wife? Like, how do I say something to them um, that will speak to them who they are? And I, I'll give you an example. Um, my wife, Anita, is one of the smartest people I know, but it's been hard for her to believe that because her brain works different than other people's do sometimes. And all through her life, she's been told, you're not smart, you're not smart, you're not smart. And when we have a conversation, the questions she asks, the insight she has, mm. and so it's been literally years and years and years of me saying to her, you're one of the smartest right. people I know. Right. And eventually, over time, you get to start clothing that person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you get to help them. And if they love you and they trust you, they'll receive that. That's good. So mm. when I think about that, if you're a parent or you're dating someone or you're just a friend or a roommate, when you, when you look at that other person, what do you see and what yeah. can you call out in them? Yeah. Hey, that's awesome, man. And that's the perfect segue, actually, to end our episode, because next week we're going to take off um, from there and talk about beyond and what that means for us here. But thank you so much, Steve, for joining us. Your contribution is so important. Your voice is so important. And it's so fun to get to learn from you. Thanks. I had a good time being here. Yeah. Yeah, if you're interested in this topic, we're going to have some other resources available for you in the show notes, so make sure that you check those out. Um, if you enjoyed this episode or you know someone else who this would be an encouragement to them, feel free to share it with them. Make sure that you are subscribed to our podcast, but please note that we are going to have this episode and one other in November, and then we're actually going to take a break for the holidays so that we can get set up for season two coming sometime in January. So if you don't see new episodes after next week, you're not missing anything. We just got stuff in the works. So thanks for listening, and we hope to hear you next week. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to visit b4church.org for more information. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can even take a screenshot and share it on social media if you like. Tag us at b4church. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.